1: Jump. Jump
0: Welcome back. It's the Sports Hour here on the Arvo Flow. Time to talk about all the weird things happening in the world of sports with our North American sports expert, Eddie Dads, from scplaybook.com.au. Great to be with you, Dadsy. How are you?
1: Good, thank you, Ellis. Uh, another big day of sport uh, around the world, really. It's, uh, it's really, kicking, really kicking off all over the place, isn't it? We've had NFL Sunday over here in the U.S., The World Cup kicking off with the F1 as well. Um, It's a good time to be a sports fan, Ellis.
0: We'll start where we were always going to start and where everyone's talking about the FIFA World Cup in Qatar at the moment. So much negative press coming out of the country. We addressed that last week, but the World Cup has officially begun. It began on, well, the early hours of Monday morning for those in Australia. Let's talk about the game itself, Eddie. Qatar losing at home. This was not the fairy tale beginning to them hosting a World Cup. They've broken a record, becoming the first host nation ever to lose the first game of the tournament. Pretty underwhelming effort from the hosts, Eddie against Ecuador
1: yeah this is not particularly promising Ellis um, hopefully when Australia kicks off their performance starts uh, a little bit more um, yeah a little bit more competitive than Qatar was um, it sort of felt like Ecuador Ecuador sort of took the foot off the gas in the second half I feel like they probably could have put a couple more past if they were if they were red hot um, but yeah it was a, not a great not a great performance from the Qataris. Um, a little bit of controversy Ellis really early on um, in the game three minutes old um, when Ena Valencia nodded home a header so that what looks like the opening goal of the match, um, only to have it overturned by VAR. Um, now, Ellis, I've been trying to wrap my head around this. Can you explain it to me a little bit clearer as to why this, this might have actually been offside, given the goalkeeper was sort of out of the picture there was one defender behind um, was, was this was this actually offside in your opinion?
0: Well I was scratching my head Eddie trying to work this one out obviously my initial thought was well they've ruled this out because of contact on the goalkeeper but it was very minimal if there was anything there and really uh, it was the prerogative of the Ecuadorian attackers to go in for the ball in the way that they did because the goalkeeper himself rushed out and he probably wouldn't have been advised to do so then we get told that it was actually an offside call, I don't know how it was an offside call, but unfortunately, Eddie, all conspiracies aside, which are pointing to favoritism towards Qatar, we've seen these incidents before with the VAR, so I'm almost not even that surprised, really, but uh, good of you to point out the VAR episode, in the end, Ecuador winning this game 2-0, I do just want to ad- address yeah. the um, the. BBC coverage going into this, Eddie, because there was a lot made of you know, how Western uh, broadcasters were going to approach their coverage of the World Cup. BBC going pretty hardcore in an unprecedented way, not televising the opening ceremony to sort of, I guess, strengthen their stance against the overall sentiment of Qatar hosting the tournament. What did you make of this pretty brave stance from the BBC, the national broadcaster in the UK, to do this, Eddie?
1: Yeah, this is unprecedented, in fact, Ellis. I mean, I was trying to think about it before in, in sort of Australian rules, football terms. and it, it, This would be like sort of Channel 7 at the start of the grand final coverage, just spending sort of half an hour ragging on how bad the AFL is. Um, it's a, It was a pretty big, bold moment um, from the BBC. Like you said, they didn't televise any of the opening ceremony, which had the likes of Morgan Freeman and BTS. And, you know, it was a whole big shebang. Um, the BBC didn't, um, didn't publish any of it. Um. Instead, they yeah, they talked about some of the the political um, misgivings they had about the, the the World Cup going ahead. Um, they talked about um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the scandals that we've, we've talked about in recent weeks behind uh, the Qatari World Cup. And CBC decided that the, the, instead of showing the opening ceremony, that was a good time to good time to have a crack at FIFA and the whole organisation. So this is uh, this is bizarre. I don't think I've ever seen this before in any other sport. Um, yeah, what did you make of it as a as a football fan?
0: Well, I'll just say how I felt about it, and I could honestly poke that many holes in this, Eddie, because the front man of BBC's World Cup coverage is Gary Lineker, the English legend, who has come out and said he doesn't support the World Cup being in Qatar, but at the same time, he's decided to travel and be the leading anchor for the coverage, and on top of that, uh, quite remarkably, he's made a definitive statement saying, I'm not going to Qatar to support anything that happens in Qatar. I'm just going there to report on the World Cup. I don't exactly Mm. understand that myself. If you're there, if you're a part of it, then you're a part of it, and there's no escaping that. So uh, I find it pretty crazy that this is the the taxpayer-funded broadcaster doing this, but uh, I guess it is their prerogative to do so. Let's leave Qatar, Eddie. We'll go to the NFL. There's been some more record-breaking incidents. Occurring over there where uh, you are based and uh, we're talking about Corderell Patterson so he plays for Atlanta, the Falcons. Eddie tell us what the news was that's come out in the last day or so.
1: Yeah this is a pretty cool one Alice um, one of these sort of niche NFL records that might never be broken um, it's an extremely impressive record so Corderell Patterson today returned his ninth kickoff touchdown in his career um, which breaks a tie for first from two other players who are on eight so, Quarterelle Patterson now officially has the most kickoff return touchdowns um, in NFL history, which is extremely cool. Um, the kickoff touchdown is uh, when, yeah, after a, after a touchdown or a, or a field goal, the kicker kicks it back to the other team, and they have to run it from one end of the, the gridiron field to the other. As you can imagine, it's pretty rare for them to happen, given there's twelve players trying to stop them. Um, so, the fact that Corderell Patterson now has nine of these um, in his career is pretty fantastic, Ellis. Um, I Personally, don't think as much better in, in, in the NFL than seeing someone take the ball 103 yards from one end to the other. I think it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, another big day in the NFL. Uh, lots going on. My Broncos, Ellis, unfortunately, are now three and seven and looks terrible again today, so I'm not too happy about that, but I, I was in, in, enjoying sitting down on the couch watching
0: a bit of NFL Sunday. I'm sure it'll pick up, but we'll stick with the NFL for now. And picking up from where we left off last week, we are talking about the kicking abilities of certain Australian players who are on the radar of NFL clubs at the moment, of course. Last week speaking about Dustin Fletcher's son, Mason Fletcher. This week, it's all about a story that's broken about Matt Burden, the NFL player who plays for the Bulldogs Supposedly, according to his agent, at least, there's been some approaches made by NFL franchises, but it appears that there's going to be a lucrative offer coming his way to remain with the Bulldogs. What do you know about this one, Eddie?
1: Yeah, I mean, Ellis, I think not to pour any, any cold water on the story, but I'm, I'm not sure that um, Burton kicking in the NFL is, was any realistic possibility, but it is interesting that his agent says that he's, uh, he's taken a few calls from NFL scouts who want him to come out, uh, and punt at a combine or two. Um, obviously Matt Burton has one of the biggest kicks in the world, I would say. I watched a few of his games last year and I genuinely don't know how other players catch some of the torpedoes that he puts up there. I mean, they're 60 meter bombs that, that are, that, yeah, incredible. They're, they're floating around and incredibly hard to, to catch for the opposing team. Um, I'd be surprised if he ended up in the NFL, Ellis. I think he's a, he's a very, very good rugby league player, Matt. But I'm not sure that he'd turn that down to, to go and on, come onto a field and kick twice a game in the NFL. Maybe later in his career, uh, there's a possibility for him there. But, yeah, again, like we touched on last week, it's great to see uh, Australians getting some attention um, in one of the biggest sporting leagues in the world.
0: This could be a bit of black magic from the agent, I think, but uh, we'll park that one there. Certainly stay across it over the next week or so. Uh, Now, let's move into the world of AFL, Eddie. We'll talk some AFLW right after this short while, but firstly, I just want to focus on the draft, which is coming up, of course, in the next few days, and uh, well... I guess it's an exciting time for you in particular as a Essendon fan because it looks like you might be in for some sweet deals, Eddie.
1: Mm, indeed, Alice. Now, it sounds like the Bombers are pretty keen on South Australian Matea Silipu. Um, obviously, the Bombers have the fourth pick in the draft, but they think they can get Silipu a bit later in the draft because uh, neither of Adelaide or Port Adelaide have their first-round picks uh, and they think that those are the clubs that were most likely to take him. So, um, I think there's some scuttlebutt around that the Bombers might try and move back. A couple of spots in the draft, which I like. Um, we've also got um, a couple of a couple of absolute stars coming in under the, the father son um, rules. Alwyn Davy Junior. Obviously, a very familiar name to AFL fans. Um, his father, Orwin Davy, uh, was a mainstay for the Bombers for a few years in the late 2000s. So it's going to be great to have his son on the list next year, and his twin brother Jaden as well. So a very very talented family, the, the Davies. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Else, it sounds like it's a, it's a very open top four, top five of the draft, which is not something that we always see. Um, Will Ashcroft, I think, is, is the player of this draft. Uh, the Brisbane Lions are going to snap him up with their father-son kick. Um, I've seen some of his stats and highlights from his year in the PAC Cup, and he is something else, Ellis. He's going to, he's going to walk into an AFL side and average 25, 30 disposals, um, almost right off the bat, so. Excited to see how he goes about it and excited for the draft.
0: It'll certainly be a critical point in time for a lot of clubs that really need to pick up their form as per the last couple of years. We'll switch to the women's side of Australian rules, AFLW. Now, we're moving into grand final territory this coming weekend. I want to ask you about the last couple of games, the prelims over the last weekend, Eddie. The well, last year's grand final rematch, Brisbane v Adelaide Crows. A lot of people would have fancied the Crows to go away and get this one done, but they weren't able to in the end. And uh, quite convincingly toppled by the Lions, who look like they're really going to pack a mean punch against the Ds at the grand final on Sunday. What did you make of it already?
1: Yeah, I, as, as sort of a, a closet AFL uh, closet Adelaide Crows fan in the, in the AFLW, just because the Bombers didn't have a team there for a bit, um, I was disappointed to see them go down Ellis, I was hoping... Hoping they'd be able to be able to get, get it done again this year. But unfortunately, didn't quite get there against the Brisbane Lions. who so, um, we're in the grand final last year. Um, now they've got a chance to uh, yeah, to win another one. They've, they've been in four of the last seven grand finals. So that gives you an idea of how dominant um, uh, the, the Brisbane Lions have been in the women's competition. Um, they're hosting the grand final this week at their new Springfield facility, uh, which is going to be exciting to see. It's um, brand new. It looks very swanky out there. So it's going to be a great grand final. And of course, the, the demons on the other side, uh, Daisy Pierce, who is one of the more beloved figures in the AFL as a media personality and a longtime star for the Demons. It was unbelievably good to see her kick what was essentially the the game-sealing goal uh, against the Kangaroos. On Saturday afternoon, Ellis. Um, it was. It was. It, who are you backing in the grand final? Um, it seems like Brisbane are the favourites, um, yeah. but it would be good to see Melbourne get it done as well. Uh,
0: I just. I hope for what won't be a low-scoring game and a thriller of a game as well. Uh, but I think the travel might get the D's, Eddie. Uh, particularly given that North stayed in that game for quite a period of time, and I think Melbourne were highly fancied to get over the the Kangaroos. So I think this is Brisbane's game to lose.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an exciting one, Ellis. Um, Yeah, encourage everyone to get up and get around that and have a look at it. And I think it's coming up this Sunday, um, the AFLW Grand Final. So uh, it's been another fantastic season. Um, The game continues to grow. Um, it's fantastic to see. Some of the new teams were really competitive this year. My Bombers uh, women's side was uh, a lot more enjoyable to watch than the men's side this year. So uh, we can just hope the hope, hope game keeps on growing else.
0: 2.40pm, the action gets underway on Sunday. Eddie, before I let you go, just tell us about what's going on in the world of scplaybook.com.au these days.
1: There is an absolute stack of cricket content as we get into the uh, the BBL, which is kicking off very shortly. Um, we've got squad breakdowns on every single one of the BBL teams. Um, predicted best teams. Uh, we've got a we've got a tool that helps you out with the the buy planning and and figuring out which players are playing on which game weeks. Um, there's a lot of good stuff going on there, so check it out scplaybook.com.au.
0: Good to have had you on, Eddie. Enjoy the next week of all the sport going on right now around the world. Plenty of it, that's for sure. Great to catch up with you, Eddie. Dad's from scplaybook.com.au. We'll speak to you next week.
1: Thanks, Alice. Appreciate your time.